everyone, and welcome to Pro Tour Talk with Steve Dodge. I'm Steve Dodge. Today is July 18th, 2018. Uh, today we've got a different format. Uh, I failed to connect and get the, the interview portion set up, so that section is not going to happen today. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go through the news of the week, and then I'm going to go through... Uh, the last a, a commentary piece that I put together about how disc golf and golf compare and what their trajectories are. And then we will talk about the upcoming Idlewild Open. And then I will go into listener questions. So if you have listener questions, feel free to enter those at any time. Uh, and then we'll be able to run through and get to that, hopefully pretty quickly. So the first thing we should do uh, at the Discraft Great Lakes Open. We had uh, some super chatters on the last day. And so we have another pair of keen shoes to give away. And uh, let's see, we've got $161 that was entered, which is two pair of keen shoes. And it looks like we already gave away one pair of keen shoes. So I will go to random.org. Let me generate a random number, 100 to 161. The number 142 has come up, which means it's somebody who gave money in the Super Chat on the last day. And in fact, it is Adam Urig. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Adam Urig, you can go to dgpt.com slash winner and uh, give us your pertinence and we will get you a pair of keen shoes. So, Seth, if you're watching, please remind uh, remind me to put that in the broadcast for the Keen Shoes Super Chat that Adam Urig was the winner of the last broadcast. So the next thing we need to run through, uh, the UDISC live numbers were off a little bit the, at the, the last time we did this, uh, and they have since uh, corrected them. They were... Uh, they if you uh, if the event you were dropping, I think, was the most recent event, um, it was failing to drop. But that has since been fixed. And let's now go to the 2018 uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour points standings. And remember, the top on the men's side, the top eight players get a buy into the semifinals. Uh, nine through 16 get a buy into the quarterfinals and 17 to 32 get an invite to the tour championship. So 32 players invited to the tour championship, guaranteed payout of $500 just for playing. First prize, if you win the whole thing, $7,500. So if you're in the top eight, that's basically $3,750 per round for two rounds. That's a lot of money per stroke. If there's anybody that wants to do some math, let's assume they shoot 54-54, that's 108 throws for $7,500. That's going to be somewhere around $65 to $70 per throw. Uh, maybe the highest payout per throw in disc golf history, but maybe not. So anyway, in first place, uh, we've got Paul McBeth with a 414 points. Uh, not only that, but Ricky Wysocki is uh, missing Idlewild. And so he's going to have two, those will be his two drops, uh, which means he's got a 13th place that he's going to try to overcome in the last two events if he wants to be the points champion. 
Uh, Paul McBeth has 414 points. Ricky Wysocki, 388. Eagle McMahon, 312. James Conrad, 284. Uh, Garrett Gerthy, Drew Gibson, Jeremy Colling, and Eric Oakley round out the top eight. Uh, Nate Sexton, who is playing Ledgestone in the MVP Open, is seven points behind Eric Oakley and 14 points behind Jeremy Colling. So he'll be looking to make a move. And Grady Shue, who uh, has carded a 62nd place at Waco. Uh, besides that, his worst finish is 13th, the same as Ricky and Paul. So Grady Shue got a sixth at the Memorial an eighth at the Utah Open, a fifth at the Great Lakes Open, Discraft Great Lakes Open. Um, he is definitely one to watch. Uh, Kevin Jones also doing very well. Um, tied great issue at the Utah Open and got a seventh at the Discraft Great Lakes Open. So uh, two young guns, actually very interesting, right, uh, right in front of Johnny McRae, uh, the ageless wonder, and uh, right below him, Colton Montgomery. So lots of old and new names right there in that from the 10 to 13 spot. Rounding out the top 16, Simon Lazat, Austin Hannum, and Seppo Paiu. Uh, Seppo does not have any more events through the rest of the season. It'll be interesting to see if that 162 points will be good enough to keep him in the top 32 to qualify for the Tour Championship. And then on the women's side... Uh, the top four women get a buy into the semifinals and then fifth to 12th will qualify for the tour championship. Uh, those eight players will play and four of them will advance to play the top four ladies in the semis. Uh, in first place right now, very interesting with, um, with Paige Pierce not being at the last two events Oh, they haven't calculated in the second drop. That's why this is interesting. Sarah Hokum right now is in first place with 414. Paige Pierce is 380. Katrina Allen, 370. And Jessica Weiss, 361. Pretty darn tight at the top. Uh, realistically, if I if you're on the women's side, you want to be in the top four. Um, on the outside looking in, Lisa Fakus. Justin Walker and Rebecca Cox. And then uh, ninth through 12th is uh, Kona Panis, Paige Bjorkis, Jennifer Allen, and Courtney Cannon. Uh, Paige Bjorkis has one more event, uh, and then it looks like she is not going to be playing Ledgestone and MVP as she probably heads back to college in Emporia. And then uh, Tina Stenitis is on the outset. She's in 13th, six points behind Courtney Cannon. Um, and she and Courtney are both registered for the last three events and will be looking to overtake Jennifer Allen um, to push Jennifer out of the top 12. That's that's going to be their goal. And if that happens, that'll be uh, that'll be very interesting and good for both of them. Jennifer's not playing the last three. So those ladies need to get uh, 20 points in the last three events. And then uh, what was the other? Oh, I wanted to look at these, see if I can do some quick math for us. Sarah Holcomb at 414 points. When she gets her second drop, it'll be the Memorial, which is 60 points. So she, after that drop, she will have 344, 354 points, my bad. And uh, Paige Pierce, her, her second drop will, in fact, be uh, the Great Lakes Open. Oh, yeah, the, the Discraft Great Lakes Open. So where Sarah Holcomb will be have 354 points, Paige Pierce will have 380. Uh 
And then Katrina Allen will be dropping a sixth place. So she will have 310. And then Jessica Weiss will be dropping a seventh place. So she will actually be gaining, oh no, losing three more points. Uh, so she'll have 304 points or something like that. So she'll be six points behind Katrina. Uh, and so that's uh, that's where that stands after the Idle Wild Open. Uh, I believe the Utah U Disc Open guys, U Disc Live guys, will be removing the second event from uh, from the standings, so that we will know exactly where everybody stands without having Steve do some really wonderful and creative math. So the, uh, the next thing that I'd love to point out is that we have a new website. Uh, go to dgpt.com and let us know what you think. Uh, some of the exciting changes. Uh, first of all, when you go to the tour page, uh, it lists all of the upcoming events uh, at the top. So Idle Wild obviously is at the very top and then Ledgestone and MVP in the tour championship right below those four events are all of the events that have happened previously this season. So the next event listed is the Memorial championship, but the only things underneath it are results stuff. So you can go to the articles and it'll pull up all the articles for the Memorial championship. You go to videos and it'll pull up all the videos uh, and then photos. And then uh, there's one more. Oh, and then scores. <laughs> so you can do that for all of the events that already happened and uh, find out all the information. The, the, the first page of the website lists all of the events, which I, I think is much more intuitive and, uh, and gets you the information you want much faster. We've simplified the watch page. Uh, it does not have anything except for what is about to be broadcast live. Um, and so that is, you go to that page and you'll be able to, to watch whatever is about to be broadcast live, uh, which in this case is the Idle Wild Open, which goes live on Friday. Uh, July 20th and it goes live at the women go live at two o'clock uh, two to three and then the men go live uh, then the circle zero show goes live three to 315 and then the men go off at 315. Uh, the about tab has been expanded. Um, we now have a page dedicated to uh, to our staff including all of our great writers. Uh, we have a page on there about uh, venues and how you can apply to become a venue in the future. Um, with the AMA pages on there. We also have a, a new page called organizational documents. So if you want to go there and see what's our feature card policy or what's our tea time policy, anything like that, uh, feel free to uh, peruse the organizational documents. We also have a, a link to the payout calculator as well as um, contact information. The news, news tab in addition to having all of our recent news, which I'll go over next, we have our, the podcast is on there as well as upcoming podcasts. Cause if you go, if you subscribe to our uh, pro profiles with Dixon Jowers podcast that we release one every, every week, but we're a few weeks ahead. So you can, uh, you can actually go ahead of the game if you want to go to that podcast section of our website. And then we have press, which is uh, a lot of the good press that people have been giving us. And then we have our media kit, which talks about uh, brand standards and our logos and things like that. Then uh, standings for 2018, 17, <laughs> 16 um, is happening. And then we also have the, a new page, which was hidden on our old page called Power Rankings. Uh, and I'm going to want to go to power rankings in just a minute and tell you guys that uh, Eagle McMahon is on top on the men's side. 
Uh, Ricky Wysocki is second, and Paul McBeth is third. Uh, Simon Lazat moved up a little bit, but not enough to catch Paul. And then rounding out the website, uh, we have our fantasy, which if you want to go win prizes, uh, become a Patreon, patreon.com slash DGPT, and then shop, and you can go and shop. So those last two tabs are actually great ways to support the tour if that's something that you would like to do. And I appreciate the fact that you're watching, which is a great way to support us as well. And there we have it. So that's the website in a congratulations to the Pro Tour. We have a brand new website, and I'm excited about that website stays up to date, especially um, the the power rankings and the other new pages. So for the power rankings page, uh, we list who's in top on the men top 25 and the women top 15. We have all of their wins, losses, winning percentage, and uh, how much they've moved up or down from the previous week. Uh, big movers on the men's side this week, Chris Dickerson, uh, who won the event that he played on this side of the state, this side of the pond, I actually don't know the name of the event, um, but it did have more than 8,000 rated players, so it did qualify. And on the ladies' side, Madison Walker moves up the most. Uh, Sarah Hocum moves down a little bit, and uh, Paige Pierce obviously maintains her her lead, although it has shrunk uh, quite a bit over the last month, month and a half. Um, it'll be interesting to see if she can get back into early season form. Closing that down. So now I'm going to go uh, and I'll get to the comments in a little bit and uh, we'll run through if you have any questions there. But before we do that, I want to talk about the article on our on our news feeds that says, could disc golf surpass golf uh, and become conventional golf? So uh, I was talking to some friends the other day and the concept of what should we call golf came up. And uh, I oftentimes will say ball golf, although I've had people who I respect tell me we should just call it golf because that's what it is. I've had other people tell me that uh, we should call it uh, traditional golf or conventional golf. And it was interesting because when they said conventional golf, I thought to myself, actually, we shouldn't call it conventional golf because the way you de decide what is conventional golf is it's the type of golf that most people play. And in a few years, that might be disc golf. And by a few years, I mean 10 or 15. So the... Um, the point of the article is when will disc golf catch ball golf? And uh, when you look at the growth of ball golf over the last hundred or so years, uh, one thing that you see is that in the, in the 60s and early 70s, uh, ball golf was growing at a rate of close to 400, an average of 400 courses a year. Interestingly, um, I've heard people compare our sport to ball golf, I should just say golf, to golf from the 50s and the 60s. And it's interesting because that's exactly where we are right now. We're growing at a rate of about 400 courses per year, a little over one a day, which is pretty darn impressive. And this is, uh, this is just in the U.S., just so we know. It's, it's growing very fast overseas as well. Um, but I'm just doing a comparison of U.S. golf courses to U.S. disc golf courses. Uh, the other thing that's interesting on the golf side 
is that golf is actually seeing a decline in the number of courses right now. Uh, 10 to 12 years ago, they had 17,000 courses. And right now they're teetering right around 15,000, probably dipped below in the last couple of days. So they're probably at 14,999 right now. Disc golf, meanwhile, has been climbing, 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 as, as we all know. And the number of courses that go in each year in the United States is right around 400. Uh, the number of private courses that is go that are go that's going in each year has gone up in the last 15 years has gone up from 17% private slash pay to play courses to 22% private slash pay to play courses. And those courses, uh, those are the courses that are going to make sure they have great signage. They're going to make sure to have good bath rooms. They're going to be clean. The brush is going to be cleaned out. Uh, they're going to be fun to play. They're going to be geared towards families, potentially have uh, want to have championship caliber courses as well. And that those are the courses that are going to push the sport forward and demonstrate um, that there is profit to be made. And once that's seen, because people are just starting to realize that once that's seen, disc golf is going to explode it takes, and we're exploding right now, and what I'm saying is it's going to get crazy. Um, disc golf course takes uh, probably 50000 to 250000 to put in a, a disc golf course. A golf course takes millions. Uh, a disc golf course takes 20 to 50 acres, 20 to 60 acres, to put in a, a disc golf course. Um, a golf course takes twice that, if not more. Um, it's much easier to put in a disc golf course, even a little nine hole course around a school or in a city park. Um, the number of courses that we see going in in the next decade, uh, I could see getting up to 700 a year, um, two courses a day in the United States as the sport continues to take off. There are lots of great pockets for disc golf, but there are lots of areas in the United States that do not have courses and they are ready to, uh, to be a part of the cool new sport that is taking off right now. So uh, I anticipate, if you guys just want a straight up simple answer, I anticipate uh, that disc golf will catch golf in the number of courses in the United States, somewhere between 2026 and 2034. So the next, uh, whatever, I don't know what year this is, 2018. The next eight to 16 years, I believe we will catch golf in the number of courses in the United States. The question is, will we catch golf in the number of players? And it seems unreasonable to think that we could close that kind of gap. It's almost a 10 to one gap right now the number of golfers versus disc golfers, but it's not unreasonable as the sport takes off. And as the number of courses continues to explode, this would be, we'd have another, we'd have more than double the number of courses we have right now. Uh, it's not crazy to think that as those courses come online, the sport becomes more and more well-known and more and more people start to play it and fall in love with it. So this is, this is realistic. Uh, my guess is that, in that eight to 16 year period, when we catch up to uh, golf, we will in fact end up uh, probably about uh, half the number of golfers as at that time as we have now. So if they have 20 million, we'll have 10 million. And then we will just continue to catch up. 
And in some some point in the 40s, 2040s, I expect the disc golf will become conventional golf. And there you have it. That's my take on where our sport is headed and, uh, and all of the exciting stuff that's going on. So now I'm going to go to the chat. And we're going to see if we can run through this. I'm going to see if this was pertinent or if just someone just saying hi. Um, okay. So now we're going to run through. Do, 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 do. Chasing the bees. Sup, Steve? Happy days, Mark. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing the new segment of Chasing the Bees for the Idle Wild Open. Um, thank you very much for all of the great stuff you've done all season. Uh Dana Vici recommended it and uh, I'm glad that we did it. It's a fun, it's a fun segment and a fun way to start the tournaments. Um, looking forward to this weekend's tournament. 100%. The Idlewild open is going to be awesome. Uh, last year, Paige Pierce uh, won the women's division pretty easily. Sarah Holcomb coming in second and uh, James Conrad. Uh, it's really interesting. You want to use the euphemism held off a hard charging Paul Macbeth. Um, but those guys were really just going neck and neck. It wasn't until the last nine holes, I think, that James pulled out, pulled a forward by a couple. And then on holes 17 and 18, Paul, uh, he gave it everything he, sh- he had. I challenge anybody, go back and watch the uh, the coverage of round three at the Idlewild Open last year. Watch Paul Macbeth's drive on hole 18. And uh, I wouldn't make a bet with anybody, including Dixon Jowers, if he's watching. Uh, that nobody on film will drive will outdrive Paul Macbeth's drive on 18 last year. There you have it. So uh, and uh, and with that great drive, James Conrad stepped up and said, "No big deal. I'm going to get out of the woods in two and go up and down, and I'm going to win this tournament." And he did just that. Nice work by James Conrad. Uh, Eagle is indeed looking very strong, which is why he is on top of the power rankings. Um, Go to dgpt.com and do a quick search and on power rankings. You'll find Eagle. You know what you could also do? You could also do a search on Eagle McMahon. You can find all the articles we've written about Eagle as well as, I'm going to guess, he'd pop up in the, uh, yeah, he would definitely pop up in the power rankings as well. Uh, yeah, the jo- I noticed this little Joshua tree up here. Um, it's Look, I was going to say a whale spout, but uh, a shout out to Tina Stenitis. But uh, yeah, it's definitely on fire today. And, um, the next event is the, oh no, the Idlewild Open. Discraft Disport says they are looking forward to Ledgestone. Um, the richest event in disc golf for the last three or four years, I would say many people are looking forward to Ledgestone. And, uh, as the penultimate event in the season, uh, it's the, it's, it's one of your last opportunities to make a move and get some points. So that's going to be a great event to watch just like it is every year. We are Stardust says Eagle will win worlds. Um, one interesting thing, I've been uh, listening to the Ulti, Ulti World podcast. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, Upshot. And uh, I love their take on worlds. And uh, is, it, is it valid to, to name a world champion based on just one tournament? I think that's a really interesting question. Uh, or maybe it should be harder to qualify for Worlds and it should just be the top 32 players and they could do a bracketed system. I'm just joking. Anyway, 
But uh, it is an interesting concept as to whether worlds, whether it's valid for worlds to just be a simple four or five round tournament, and that person is then considered the world champion. Um, I guess a, a title is a title. And I'll go in. Here's a fun little story. Uh, 2004, uh, Jason Southwick and I uh, built the Marshall Street Disc Golf Championship, named after our, our fledgling company, Marshall Street. And uh, we named it the Marshall Street Disc Golf Championship sort of uh, as a reaction to Worlds and the USDGC, which said one, one, uh, one division, one champion. We, I don't remember how we were going to word it, but something along the lines of 16 divisions, one champion. Um, but we wanted it to be the championship of one street inside Leicester. Leicester, Massachusetts. And uh, so we named it the Marshall Street Disc Golf Championship. And uh, so when you win that event, you're not the champion of the world. You're not the champion of the whole world. You're the champion of this little tiny street in Leicester. And we thought that was really fun. So just sort of a little, little, little bit of history for everybody right there. Idlewild Open, love it. Eagle and Macbeth are playing at insane levels right now. That is the truth. Paul Macbeth and his 18 down. Um, how fun was that? Uh, shout out to everybody in Milford, Michigan that was there watching. Um, this was arguably the best round in history. Uh, you could say the exact same thing about the, in my opinion, about the 45 at Maple Hill, um, as another round, which could be the best round in history. Uh, I think he missed one hole in that round that I thought maybe he could have birdied that. And then, uh, and then you had the round, the 17 down at Memorial. So those were all Paul Macbeth and all potentially the best three rounds in our sport ever. So um, tip of the tough to Paul Macbeth for, uh, for demonstrating what kind of level our sport can be played at. Fun, fun, fun to watch. Uh, Martin Schultz says uh, James Conrad and Paige Pierce will win at Idlewild. Um well, actually, he says winning this. I'm presuming Idlewild. Uh, that would be an interesting bet. I would actually take the bet that they will not both win. I would not take the bet necessarily that either of them individually would win. But both together, I would bet against. Um, I love how some of the staff played Osage Grove Weekly Doubles. What did they think, Steve? I heard that they were going to play. I did not hear what they thought. Although, wait, it if it was, oh no, I think Seth told me that there were two or 300 people playing disc golf that night in the area. And I think the, he said, including the Natty where, uh, Colton Montgomery and Kyle, uh, Kyle, Kyle, Bart, or, uh, Colton and Bart were doing a, uh, some, some sort of fantasy doubles thing. But uh, he said there were three different things going on and they were all packed. And it was it's really exciting because uh, this is an area of the country that, in my opinion, is is potentially overlooked. People know Idlewild is there, but they have no idea how big the scene in Ohio and northern Kentucky is. And you guys are killing it over there. So uh, Daryl Whitaker, Brent Hambrick Memorial, I with a question mark after it. I don't know what that means. Um, that is a an event that used to be a national tour event. It might be an A tier this year. Might have just, oh, oh, maybe he's saying that's the event that Chris Dickerson won. I, I don't actually know. Um, 
I apologize. I just I just pull the numbers and uh, and plug them into the database, and uh, I'm I'm really bad at some things, and I didn't pay attention to what the name of that event was. But I bet somebody down below is going to tell us. Carver G exponential growth snowball effect. That's really interesting because I know we're just cheering and everything. And right now I'm going to go ahead and be a literalist. We don't have exponential growth. Uh, we have consistent linear growth, which maybe is better. Um, when I was with Vibram, uh, the five fingers shoes took off on that hockey stick that everybody loves. The problem is it's hard to maintain that hockey stick growth, hockey stick. Um, and, uh, and disc golf is, in my opinion, doing a great job of creating sustainable growth, which is even better. Uh, we want to be able to tell our sponsors right now, it might be a $20,000 sponsor or a $50,000 sponsor. We are giving you ROI. We have a lot of great fans who love this sport and are absolutely going to uh, support our sponsors. And you guys do. And thank you very much. It's, it's part of our pitch. So thank you. Um, and then we take the next step and you get the $100,000 sponsor and the next step and you get the quarter million dollar sponsor. But as you go, you're building a foundation that's sustainable. Someone came in right now and dropped a million dollars on us. I don't think they would get ROI because the audience isn't big enough. So uh, exponential growth, snowball effect. Yeah, those are fun words to throw around. I'm going to go ahead and tamp that down a little bit and say I'd rather have slow and steady, consistent 10 to 20% growth every day of the week or every year of the decade. Um, Cause that's what we've got. And that's, we know how to handle that. And we're doing really well with that. Um, what will it feel like when you're not present for a DGPT event for the first time? Do you hope it crashes and burns so it can prove how valuable you are? So uh, thank you, Terry Miller uh, for asking that question. Uh, and uh, for those of you who do not know, this is in fact the first event that I will not be at the Idlewild Open. Uh, I am up in Maine on vacation with my beautiful daughters and my family. Yay! <laughs> There's Audrey in the Hello! background and Rachel. And uh, I have been working very closely with Seth and Danielle at each of the last three events to minimize what I do on the ground. And uh, if things go well, it's because we've done a lot of planning and Seth and Danielle, Patrick, Dixon and Miles and Terry and crew pulled it together and did everything very well in my absence. And if things don't go well, it's because I didn't do a good job of planning and uh, and I will be back at Ledgestone and we will work to, uh, to plan even better. Um, the goal is to make it so that when I show up to events, I don't have to do anything that is not hasn't yet been where we are. Um, but uh, every event we get closer and we continue to improve. So it's it's been really fun to watch this entire process. So thank you for the question, Terry. That was great. Uh, Terry, I assume is, oh, it says right there, 102 miles from Cincinnati. That's probably eight minutes old. So I'm going to guess he's 94 miles from Cincinnati. Let's go. Yeah, better get here. Hurry up. Ha ha. Um, what do you consider a ball golfer? How frequent do you have to play to be in the statistics? Same for disc golfer. Seems to be more casual players than disc golf. Thanks for everything you do. Um, Barney, I, uh, I don't know what the actual statistics are for being considered a ball golfer or a golfer. Um, 
I'm going to guess that the number is somebody who plays once a week or once a month. But uh, when we looked at the numbers, I think it was people who the average number of rounds played per person was 20 rounds a year, uh, which makes me think it's whatever that is. Uh, twice, <laughs> I guess that'd be two rounds every month. So there you go. Uh, and I would say we use the same stat for disc golf. Um, and I think it looks like there's more casual disc golfers to you, Barney, because presumably you are a casual disc golfer and those are the people that you hang out with. So I'm going to guess that there actually are a ton of casual golfers. If there's, uh, if there's 20 million golfers in the U.S., I'm going to guess there are, in fact, 20 million casual golfers and there's some very small percentage of non-casual golfers who earn a living playing golf or being golf pros at, at uh, clubs and things like that. Uh, Alan Widboom stoked for this. Uh, Alan, it was great to see you on the feature card in uh, at the Discraft Great Lakes Open. And I look forward to seeing you there again in the second and third rounds um, for the Idlewild Open. This is, this is going to be great. Um, Oxygen is an awesome course. Check it out. Um, yes. Thank you, Carver. Not technically exponential. Uh, yes. Terry Miller, uh, as of Friday, you will be at more pro tour events than anybody until we let you go. Um, yeah, Terry is the face of the DGPT. At least he does a better job with his hair. Um, do I have a financial stake in Terry? Uh, in DGPT, Terry, um, I think, well, Terry is, is the first person that I turned to when I, uh, when I needed video services, I would say Terry is a integral part of the disc golf pro tour. Uh, yes, Terry makes me money, which is why I'm able to be here up in Maine on vacation. So, uh, with that, I'm going to say thank you all very much. Uh, this has been a great night. And uh, we're going to just close with a beautiful view of the lake. And hold up. And if you like what he's doing, oh. leave a like. If you and hit that big bright red subscribe button to and hit the bell right beside of it to get notifications when we go live. Because I can speak English fluently. So that was my daughter, Audrey, who always reminds me that I forget to remind you that we need to hit the like and the subscribe button and hit the bell. So there you go, there you have it. Everybody have a great night and we will see you next time.